Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. It's Friday, 10 a.m. You got Mike. You got Massey. Beauty. Beauty. <laughs> if you're listening you on audio, it, 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 you just right got there. the full picture of Massey. That's the full mantra. That, that's the full. Uh, it's a, all of it. That's the python there. There that's we the... go. What? <laughs> They're going to get good. Oh, at they're they're going to be flowing on it. Hope you guys enjoy the new sound effects game on. Yeah. Here we go. Thank you so the Lord much is good. for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Let us know where you're from. Hopefully. Be sure to leave a comment, subscribe, click the like button, review, yeah, do the stars, add a comment. share, comment. Comment right now. Please. What you love about the show. Thank you. Right now. Yes. Right now. Yeah, and like the thing too, and then Watch. share it. It's gonna be crickets. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Typically, when I'm like, "What do you guys think?" We, nothing. Nothing. Hey, tell us you like us. Nothing. <laughs> so welcome. What's be, happening? Be sure to go to the selfevidenttruth.com. Get yourself some merch. Get a T-shirt like that. All right. Right here, y'all. Yeah. Right yeah. here, y'all. What are you doing? Get yourself some merch. Don't forget, you can also pick up the book, Become Forged, at theselfevidenttruth.com. Pick it up. Develop yourself today. It's a toolbox for you. And maybe you're a mom. Maybe you're a woman. You're like, ah, well, that doesn't really speak to me. Still, pick it up. Because especially if you have a son, it'll help you understand what is ticking within your son. So other than that, um, Mass, how you doing, man? I'm good. All right, there we go. Yeah, I mean, Deep, that's... Heavy, heavy hitting interview. What happened? Okay. Oh, yeah, there we go. Before we get into it, now, I will tell you, we are going to be switching up format starting next week. So we decided we're going we're gonna to switch things up a little bit, make it easier on us. We're going to change up the flow of the podcast. Because it's about us, guys. It, it's not about you. It, it pretty much is. Um. Ooh, dude, you got a you got a fan. I do. Somebody, my favorite thing about this podcast is that guy Massey Campos. Oh, maybe you should get a phone number. You know, give For her a wife. call. Yes. <laughs> you said that, babe. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you. Um Where was I, man? She distracted me. Uh We're changing up we're the changing format, format, ladies and Thank gentlemen. You. So, next Friday, it will be a pre-record. Yeah. You do it. No, go for no, it. No, you do no, it. No, you go. No, you did no, it. You, you, no, you. No, it, I, okay. I started. You, you brought yeah, it I, up. I, I, I bleeped in. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. I was I just was, <laughs> I was just adding to you. You're I wasn't being trying hype, to, man. I was trying I to like, you, come on. I'm hold trying up to your chalice. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm like, be my hey, hut, man. You, you got where's your coffee? Did you I sm- finished it. You kiped that thing? Yeah. Oh, Holy man. It was, smokes. It was pow. Gone. Yeah. So I, didn't, I didn't want like he's not addicted, cup. folks. No, there's no addiction all. to coffee where's, where's at all. Where's the rest That's, of the coffee? Yeah, there's. Yeah. Uh, Can anyways, I have yours? yep, here. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> why is it out of my hand? So yeah, we're changing formats a, a little bit. Here's why. I'm noticing how algorithms work. So just trust us. We know. <laughs> we know what we're. We doing. know what we're not doing, yeah. and we almost kind of know what we're gonna do next. But we're gonna change up some formatting and and how we record, and what we're doing. And what it's going to do is it's going to allow us to post more of our content and podcasting, uh, even doing some, uh, for a better word, vlogging, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff, but just more content that's more 
based to the times. Uh, it, what, what's hard about what we do now is we'll come in on Friday and Monday and not be able to really grasp what happened throughout the week. Yeah. This way we can be kind of on time. Uh, the content will be shorter in a sense, but we'll record all at once in a lot of ways. And so we'll be able to title them a certain way and just how the algorithms all work and try to get that, uh, try to get the numbers back up. You know what I mean? Cause that's what, uh, it's what it's all about is views and my life. It's really all we care about, but it's also about reach. You know, we're, we're <laughs> guys, we need money. Okay. <laughs> Come on. We're freaking broke. <laughs> It's probably a good time to announce that we're doing a uh, push, a drive. Feel free to uh, donate. Actually, yes, we are yes. thirty-five thousand dollars, and 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 I know that sounds like a big number, but it's actually really not if you think about it. That is three of you donating eleven point five thousand dollars. It's not that bad, or that is six of you donating seven thousand dollars, or that is thirty-five of you with one thousand dollars. Yeah, thirty-five people, thousand bucks. Now. Here's the cool part. We've had uh, close to 10000 pledged already, Yep. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons that we're raising this money, uh, and, and a part of it is because we're creating a, a curriculum for children, uh, which we haven't seen about the Constitution uh, for young people, especially like a, especially for the younger ones. We're going to do like more of like a kind of slash coloring book format a little bit, but we're just doing some things that, you know, when we go to these conferences, there's a lot of family. So we're trying to make a family pack, like a family bundle, mm -hmm. where we can do something for the youth. We can do something for the adults. Uh, masculinity thing, which Mike is working on. My wife does this whole thing on uh, women and prayer and uh, all that other stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're trying to raise $35,000. If you want to uh, please donate to that, that would be amazing. God uh, is so faithful to us. He's always let us hit these goals, uh, and we need your help. So if you guys want to go to theselfevidenttruth.com and donate... Uh, up at the top right corner, you'll see the word donate. And then you type in $1 million, and we're good <laughs> for like two years, you know? The, the way we could stretch that money. So if you've got plenty of money and you want to pledge a million dollars, go for it. Let's I go. Do, I will say that, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about this anymore. I'm realizing more and more the vehicle that we need to get across. And I don't need to preach to you why we need the money. Uh, because you guys know we're faithful with it. We've traveled and toured, and we're not going to do anything stupid or crazy. Our budgets are really good, uh, but when we take on new projects, it takes away from things we're currently mm -hmm. doing. So we just need to fill that, and we also got some sh uh, new shirts and merch we need to print and all that stuff. So uh, trust me when I say when every dollar comes in, we know how to use that dollar very well. Uh, so we're asking you to help us fulfill that. So if you guys want to be a part of that, uh, please go ahead and reach out to us. We would love to, to to receive your support. We are praying for our supporters. You're sowing into good ground. We're hearing some awesome stories of breakthrough for people. And it's not about that. It's about just obedience and what God puts on your heart. Uh, and if you guys want to help us, uh, we're we're a mission that is currently doing the stuff. We're kicking yeah. butt. We're doing strike force now. We're there's just so many things that we're doing that we weren't wasn't even really our focus last year right. when we wrote out our yearly vision uh, that are happening. We still what what I hate about this year. Uh, we didn't have schools open up to us. We tried, and they're still kind of like this, you know, especially mm -hmm. the, the the urgency of pushing smut down people's throats uh, is there. Uh, we're, we're still working on a couple colleges, so that has not opened up for us, and I'm really frustrated about that, but we're trying. We have reached out to a lot of youth groups and done those, uh, a lot of youth events and stuff. Yes, we're doing that, but we love secular settings because that's really where we can get uh, the mission out there. So you guys are sending us out there. You guys are helping us go. 
Uh, a lot of the times groups can't afford us, and so we need your support to do that. So if you guys want to be a monthly partner, you can do that. Uh, you can be a torchbearer by going to theselfevidenttruth.com, and then there's that donate button. It'll show you where the monthly support is. And we're just trying to grow that army, you know, mm -hmm. and those donations add up. Those monthly supporters add up for us to continue to do what we yeah, do. Yeah, the monthlies are really big because monthlies you can rely on and monthlies you it's a lot easier to budget. Whereas we, we're not big fans of having to chase. Right. We're not big fans of having to chase after stuff. You know? And there's there's something to knowing, okay, we're going to get this much per month, and then we can budget towards these projects. And in case you're wondering, we've got Strike Force, we've got the masculinity stuff, we've got uh, Carrie's Women stuff, we want to do... These, news, a, these new conferences, really, this weekend conference yeah. we did at Pastor Mike's, we want to do that nationally. It was a two-and-a-half-day conference. It was so Pastor powerful. Pa I'm sorry, Pastor Brian. What did I say? Pastor Mike. Pastor Brian. I'm looking at you, Pastor <laughs> Mike. Pastor Brian uh, and... and, Brian. and, and, and but it was so powerful those three days, two and a half days. Um, we left there. We were edified that they were edified, yeah. and so it really shifted a new focus for us. We're like, you know, we can do more impact in those two and a half days, and having to travel to a hundred events, and we can right. gather people. It's easier. It's cost effective for them. You know that kind of thing if they want to support. And so, anyways, it's a lot, and, yeah. and there's a lot of cool things going on. Guys, like and share this thing. Get it out there. Become a sponsor. Help us with that goal. The thirty-five thousand. And uh, we love you. you know Speaking that. of sponsors, Equipping the Persecuted. Go to equippingthepersecuted.com. We just got done talking about how we need funding. There are other organizations out there, nonprofit, tax-exempt organizations like us, but they're doing something in other parts of the world, right? So equippingthepersecuted.com. Go to their website, 25 bucks or more a month. Help them help persecuted Christians in Nigeria. We don't have to deal with it. They do. They have to deal every day waking up wondering, well, is today the day that my village gets attacked? People die, people get maimed, and equipping the persecuted is there within 48 hours to give medical care, prayer, treatment, support, resources to those Christians that are being persecuted for their faith. If you're here in the West, in the developed world, and you're going, man, I, I just want to help brothers and sisters in Christ, this is somewhere where you can really help those who are suffering and being persecuted for their faith. Go to equippingthepersecuted.com, pledge money to them for a month, for, per monthly. Judd Saul is an amazing guy. He's done so much. He is totally sold out for Christ. We, we interviewed him not too long ago. Mm -hmm. we, we love Judd. Support his organization. Equippingthepersecuted.com. Check him out. All right? Okay. So we'll go to slide number one. Here we go. Uh, Massey actually sent this to me last night, and I thought, well, let's talk <coughs> about it. We'll get into the McCarthy stuff in a second. Uh, it's, it's not even a news bit, so thanks. Yeah, no, no worries. You're and the reason I sent this to Mike is because Mike is one of the most disciplined dudes I've ever met in my life. He's actually on a media fast this month. Mm -hmm. He's not looking at any social media. And he does this once a year, typically, right? Yep. Where he just expunges his brain from the world and lives with Jesus for a month. He's a monk. I, I remove myself to the caves. Sort of. For a month. 
out of the the Facebook sphere, that's for sure. So if you if you're messaging me or commenting on my Facebook, I'm sorry, I'm probably not seeing it. So uh, text me, and if you don't have my phone number, then you ain't my friend, dog. They, well, there you go. Sorry, <laughs> proof's in the pudding. Yes, exactly. <gasps> okay, Hollywood. So Massey sent this to me. Hollywood's going Christian. All right, everybody, what? turn Christian. Okay, not exactly, but. There's more of a part of the Hollywood machine that seems to be becoming more vocal about their faith. So just a couple examples. Uh, Big Brother host Julie Chen Moonves became a Christian in 2018. She even released a memoir detailing about how God has changed her life. Melissa Joan Hart. That's right. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. See, even witches can get saved. Had a born-again moment in a Bible study where it sounds like she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So she said, one day, I just felt it, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the Holy Spirit talking to me. I get it now. Like a lightning bolt just hit me, and I was like, the Holy Spirit. I don't know why it just hit me, and I got it. Then I better understood the Trinity and all that. (laughs) Perfect timing. Of course, there's Chris Pratt. We all know about him, his vocal faith, how he's been attacked for it. Kat Von D. I remember, so she she talks about an event that happened back in 2022, and I, re- I remember when this happened, I wondered what was going on. She released a video recently of her baptism. Now, back in 2022, she publicly got rid of all of her cult stuff. She said in a post, I've always found beauty in the macabre, but at this point, I just had to ask myself, what is my relationship with this content? And the truth is, I just don't want to invite any of these things into our families' lives, even if it comes disguised in beautiful covers, collecting dust on my shelves. But right now, it's never been more clear to me that there is spiritual battle taking place, and I want to surround myself and my family with love and light. Yeah, she just got baptized. She just shared yeah. her, her baptism. Uh, and it's it's powerful. Like, all of her people are from the front. You could tell. You know, this isn't a clean church. Everybody dressed. Yeah. All her, it, it's cool. All their friends I, I, and stuff. Bro, it's so cool. They're all tattooed up, and they all got their phones out. Looking That's at awesome. I think it's neat. And, and and you know, my my heart is, Lord, let it not be a publicity stunt, because I don't right. think it is. But I don't think so. Listen, what we're, the reason why we, we brought this up, because there's country singer, uh, you know, Carlos yeah. Vega, and uh, country, or um, I'm sorry, Granger Smith. There's a lot. I mean, there's country singers now, like, praying on tour with all their fans and proclaiming Jesus jelly roll for crying out loud. Really? See, he and it's weird because he he knows there's God. I think yeah. he says he believes. I'm not saying he's perfect at it. Be careful. I'm not saying listen to his music. And I'm not saying none of that. I think he's working out of salvation. Yeah. But he came on a podcast with I think Joe Rogan or one of those cats and talked about hypocrisy of Christians, which everybody does. Right. But when he was saying it, he goes, dude, Jesus hung out with the hookers and the sinners. But when we come to church, we get rejected. I've been there, he said. I was rejected, right? And it's like, and he goes, my wife, people have rejected her. And it's like, I get it. So he's like, after what's the real Jesus? The real Jesus would have, and I like that. And so yeah. it's like, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, you're hearing a lot, oh, the apostasy and the end times and all those other things. All I'm saying is God's working. And what we, we can keep proclaiming the darkness or keep pointing to the fact that the, the Lord's getting people. Right. And he really is, dude. And I pray for Jelly Roll's conversion. That singer, uh, he's got such dude. It's weird because all of his works in the in the Lord's eyes are filthy rags. But the things he's doing, I'm like, dang, the church should have been doing that. Building recording studios for kids, mentoring them, discipling them, all these things. He goes, I didn't have that as a kid. So I thought, I'm gonna go to the jails and be that person I wanted when I was in jail. So that's what he's been doing. Amen. It's like, and he's like, no, if God gave it to me. I want to give it to them. I'm not saying it's his works. I'm saying there's there's sanctification going on there, and I'm praying, Lord, 
how you got me, get him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's it's cool because we're seeing God move on the behalf of his servants, and God is working. So keep praying, keep interceding, keep preaching the gospel. You never know who's going to get saved. It could be that one moment. It could be that one time where it's like the Lord just opened it to them, and now they receive it. So this was just to encourage, like, hey, this is happening, not just in Hollywood. Uh, schools are breaking out in revival, right? Colleges are breaking out in revival. Still, in Texas, and at the at A&M, I think it was, there was some revival I that broke so, out a couple yeah. weeks ago. God's moving. Yeah, and don't take this as license to just support Hollywood and all they do, right? No. But take it as an encouragement that even in the darkest places and the darkest realms where there's, there is wicked stronghold, God's showing light. And people are getting saved, especially because people see all the darkness and they're they're in the midst of it and they realize how empty it is. And so be praying for these people who come out. Don't be a stickler critic of them either. Okay? Kat Von D. Don't all of a sudden, well, she's got tattoos. I don't blah, blah, blah. welcome. Just, just yeah, right? Like welcome her in and Pray for opportunity to disciple. You're probably not going to be the person, but pray that there are disciplers around her but you might to raise be, her up. You know, but who knows? And, and be you. ready for those opportunities. Be ready for entertaining angels unaware. Be ready mm-hmm. that there's people out there that need discipleship, and maybe you're called to that realm. I'm realizing I'm not even centered in the camera. You, you, and that's my fault, not his. He He's my camera guy. I'm the one moving the crap, okay? I, I, what I'm saying is we never know who we're going to reach at what time. You know, when the gospel comes, that's up to the Lord to give to people. So make it make it to where you're so ready and available for the gospel that God moves. Mm-hmm. And and that's awesome. Amen. So this is where we need sound effects like hallelujah. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into it. The big one. McCarthy's out, guys. And a clap. <laughs> McCarthy is out. Gates won. Matt Gates won. Now, you may be saying, well, that's a news item, Mike. How'd you find out about that? Massey told me. I texted him that he night. He texted me. I was, I was, that's right, bro. I was like, bro. <laughs> McCarthy out. First what? time in history, actually, that a Speaker of the House has been voted out. Mind you, it takes your own party to get rid of you. Now, in this instance, it was such a slim minority or slim majority that only eight of his party had to vote him out, and the rest of the Democrats said bye bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And that's that Dan uh, Crenshaw is that his name with the patch? Yeah. He came out and said he's basically against Gates doing it. Yeah. He's like, imagine you had to vote with the Democrats to get someone of your own party out. It's like. This guy's ignorant, bro. I, Dan Crenshaw's ignorant. He has slid down he the is slide. Weird. Man. Yeah. It's when he first came out, let's why not? We're into it. When he first came out, there were a lot of conservatives who were like, Navy SEAL, Harvard educated, this guy seems legit, he seems reasonable, seems solid, standing on conviction. And the more and more this guy talks. The more it's like the more bro. he's stupid. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. I did. He's he's presenting himself as establishment, as as defend oh, the dude. establishment at all costs, which is kind of an MO of a, a career military guy. Think about it. What is beaten into your head from the first day of the military? Don't ask questions, follow authority, follow your orders. 
do what you're told. The authority knows what they're doing. So you take this guy over, over a career, and then all of a sudden he's in Congress. What's he going to do? He's going to support establishment. He's going to support the authority. Well, they know what they're doing. Stop pushing against them. You can't do this. This is against. At some point, is the authority correct in the direction that they're going? And so I, I really completely soured on Dan Crenshaw a while Same. ago. And, and that's where I stand on it. And Dan, you're welcome to come on and defend yourself. You know, um, but be careful of the snake, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Gates won. Gates won. So back in January, Gates was really spearheading the movement against McCarthy. And, and you may remember we were saying, hold fast. Don't let him in. You're not going to like it. He's not going to stand on conviction. And it's funny because even the Democrats were saying, like, we can't trust him. They can't. Tr nobody trusts this guy. And the Republicans were saying, nobody trusts this guy. And one of the Republicans who actually voted for his ouster, she originally defended him. And she was against Gates and talking bad about Gates trying to keep him from getting in. This time around, you know what she said? Well, he didn't live up to his promises. He promised me he was going to do a couple of things, and he never did those things. And yep. it's like, there you go. This is the guy you get. So round of applause to you guys for getting him out. It's great. Thoughts, Mass? If you guys agree that he should have been ousted, comment below. I agree. And the reason is because I do agree that he should have been ousted. Um, I think, what, you know, people, people that have to compromise, and this is going to sound very legalistic. I don't intend it to be, but just hear me out. People that have to compromise to get something done, I always say if true compromise existed, there would be compromise on both sides. But there never is compromise with the other side. No. Never. They don't compromise. They don't say, you know what, we're going to take funding off the table. We're going to, you know, we're going to. What we're can we do to yeah. get you to line up? Yeah. It, can, we, can we fund a project that you guys are after? Nothing. Never. And, and not that they should, because I don't think they should be funding three, 90% of the crap that we fund now. I don't think that's in the government's purview. But we've obviously screwed the Constitution and don't care. What I'm saying, though, is McCarthy did just that. When he said, no, we're not going to give funding to Ukraine, obviously he said, but he promised them behind closed doors, you know, we're going to fund if right. you just pass this one. And then he comes out and says, Gates doesn't know what he's talking about. I was trying to save uh, the American people money. That's what we did here. Gosh, dude, you're just like every other lying politician. You're just like every, and dude, they all do it. They just sling mud. And they're like, you know, he hates me. I hate him. And then, of course, the Democrats are coming out like, there's dissension in the Republican Party. I'm like, because huh, there's none in the Democratic Party, for God's sake. Yeah, it never happens. Yeah, never. So it's like, it's so crazy how politics has now become the greatest soap opera ever created, right? With your money, by the way. Yeah. Blank checks unlimited all spending. Unlimited spending. There's really no end to their spending. Yeah. Well, they have a salary, or a, what do they call it? A, a debt ceiling. They can't spend more. They're spending trillions a year. And by the way, we always raise the debt ceiling. It's like, oh, we have this ceiling. Oh, let's just raise it. It's like that guy 
down the street who for the past 30 years has been building a random structure behind his house with random two by fours and stuff. And it looks like it's going to tilt it, you know, fall over and he's kind of crazy. And you're all going, dude, that's going to fall and collapse. No, it's fine. I'll just tack another two by four on. Yeah. If I just put more levers, bruh, bruh. (laughs) That's right. So it, I think one of the things about McCarthy we could say is, um, he came out and represented as good, but dude, if Jim Jordan runs, all. if Jim Jordan runs and gets this, I would be game for Jim Jordan. I think there was a, t- uh, I don't know, it wasn't a tweet or something, <clears throat> some article where it's like Trump was talking about running for Speaker of the House or something like that. So it's somebody, somebody <coughs> had mentioned it. I had heard it on a on a podcast. Um, somebody had mentioned it that. And part of this, you may go, well, how can Trump do? You don't actually have to be a member of the House of Representatives to get voted into speaker. So Massey's putting his name in the hat. So am I. You can vote for us for Speaker of the House. Dude, I'd do it. Heck yeah, man. We're not bringing any bills to the floor. I don't care who you are. We're done passing legislation for the next... Two years, we're done. Thank you. Dude, uh, Hillary Clinton, I was just watching something with her. She said, when Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House, she brought forth formidable bills, and she was uh, had a lot of constituency behind her, and she got things done. It's like, this is how deceived you are. Like, they actually believe this. They really do believe that Satan's work is God's work. Yep. They really believe that growing government is what is right. They really, really believe that what they did through COVID was correct. They really believe, Hillary Clinton especially, she really does believe that she's a saint, even though she lies literally all the time. So does Bill. So does Orange Man. So does Obama. They all do it. They all lie. They're all opportunists. And this is what's hard. When I say something like that, here come the Trump apologists. They're like, you're not doing any good for the Republican Party. You're not doing. Listen, if, if you haven't gotten it by now, we're not a party type of ministry. We don't right. care about that stuff. Who was I saying this to the other day? Dude, it'd be easy for me to get on Fox News. I could do it right now. Make calls and do all these things. All I have to do is toe the line. Say the right thing. I'd be on Levin tomorrow. Right? But I don't care. Like, we don't care because truth is truth. The bottom line is we can keep going down this path of electing people we think is right. I'm not saying Donald Trump ain't the guy. I'm not saying Donald Trump did everything wrong. I'm saying that he did a lot of things good. Sure, that's great. But to me, I'm holding such a standard because I want us to live by that standard. I want us to live by the standard of the Constitution where Trump isn't the king. He's just a president. Where the states can dictate themselves, where they have their own rights and their own governments and legislation. That's what they're supposed to do. That's an article or Amendment 9 and 10. That is what their job is. And so our job is to keep holding that standard high. My job is to continuously hold the word of God high. I don't need a king. I don't want to trust in him. I don't want to call him a King Josiah. He's not a king, dude. He can't make edicts. And the fact that prophets think that today and prophetic voices are coming out saying, he's like King Josiah. He's like, dude, you're wrong. Because kings don't make edicts. Just like Speaker McCarthy's not above the law. He's not above God. None of us are. But if we're not willing to say, listen, the people we've elected are held by the standard that we hold to them. If we don't hold the standard, who's going to do it? 
because they certainly aren't holding to their standards. They're certainly swearing in on the Bible and the Constitution. They're saying we're going to uphold the Constitution. They don't even read the daggum thing. No. This is why we've come this far, because of capitulation and compromise. And I'm not saying anything new here. What I'm saying is I'm not going to change the standard of what we're supposed to be to fit your narrative. Hate me. Turn this off. I don't care. I'll preach to nobody, but at least my conscience will be intact. I know. I've heard this thousands, of, literally thousands of times. Your standard's too high. You got to come down here and get us up there. Dude, if I don't keep up here, yes, I'll go down to where you're at to teach you, but I have to tell you where the standard is. And nobody's talking about it. You know what we're talking about? If Trump doesn't get in, we're going to watch, watch this year. This is this will be the narrative from every single pundit that's Republican prophet. They'll say this. If we don't win this next election, that's it for the country. They've been saying that for every election yeah. since 2000. <laughs> for the past 20 years, we've heard this is the most important election ever. If if we don't get our and you hear it from both sides, if we don't get our way, America is over. Our democracy has died. Washington Post, you know, New York Times, democracy died the day Trump was elected. Get over all of the crisis acting, okay? And people are pointing the finger at Gates saying, you're going against the party. Love him or hate him. I don't really care about him. Okay, I, I care about him, but I don't care in this instance. What I care about is the fact he said, look, McCarthy told us he would start doing individual appropriation bills. In other words, instead of packing all funding of the government into a single bill and passing that, shoving it down your throats, because we always complain about the omnibus bills, one of the things Gates got McCarthy to promise was we're only going to fund through individual right. appropriation bills. So the Pentagon, a bill. Uh, uh, Homeland Security, a bill. That type of thing. They got four of them. And they ran out of time. So then, of course, there's the whole shutdown loom. McCarthy says, okay, well, we'll just wrap the rest of it up in an omnibus. Well, first what he said was, okay, we need a continuing resolution. So what that is is it yeah. funds the government at the same level for a certain period of time while they can shove everything together into an omnibus. Gates saw the writing on the wall. So wait a second. You told us you weren't going to do that. And when McCarthy caved on this whole shutdown looming crisis stuff, because Republicans will always pick it up out of the dirt and put the blame on their shoulders. That they always well, yeah, that was us. We we did the shutdown. It was us. Blame us, right? And of course, the media and the government, the the establishment bureaucracy and all the academics and all the commentators, all the journalists are more than willing to shove it right down the throat of the Republicans. But the Republicans are so afraid of saying nuts to you. I have other things I want to say, but I can't say it on a podcast, right? Nuts to you. I don't care what you say. We're not going to fund this. Until we do it the proper way. That's right. But we've for so long compromised and passed off everything. We do omnibuses where you want to complain about pork. That's exactly where the pork is. The pork is stuff like LGBTQ basket weaving in Saudi Arabia for Muslim men. You know, like random weird funding for random stupid projects yep. that never see the light of day until it's passed. Nancy Pelosi. Well, we have to pass it to know what's in it. I'm sorry. 
Do I get to do that in my life? That's right. Do, do imagine, we get to do imagine that? Imagine buying a car like that. No, right? you can't test drive it. No, you can't yeah. see it. You got to buy it first, and you can see what's inside. That's yeah. ridiculous. By the way, no take backs, right? Like, yeah, once it's once you bought it, you bought it. There's no taking it back. Thomas Sowell even said, look, the most permanent program is a temporary government program. <laughs> it's like, yes. So as soon as they pass it, they know it's there. It's never going to lose its funding. It's never going to get cut. It's never going to get pulled out of the system. Social Security was supposed to be this tiny little thing for a very small group of people. Oh, it's just this tiny little thing over here, and don't worry about that. You know, it, now look at it. It's it's a behemoth. So Gates steps up, says, "That's it. At some point, somebody's head has to roll on this. We've got to stop compromising." And of course, he's getting shellacked by all of the squishy, spineless useless Republicans that are sitting there going, yeah, well, we just need to get along with everybody. And, and maybe if we, you know, kiss the hands that feed us and the Democrats, they'll like us. Dude. And then everybody who was standing for McCarthy, I watched two or three of them. So I shouldn't say everybody, just two or three that I watched. Right. So they were all like, well, Speaker McCarthy is a friend of mine. I don't who care. Who gives a crap? Then if you're really his friend, tell him not to compromise. If you're really his friend, grow a pair and tell him the truth. And love. Grow a pair. What kind of friend lets you fall off a cliff? What are you doing? That's what we've been reduced to is emotions. That's how we vote now. If Trump doesn't do this, oh my God, it's emotions. Instead of principle. Uh, we're going to do a whole show on... Eventually, my wife and I will do the show on chasing words, prophetic voices. You got to be careful who you're listening mm -hmm. to. What is it? Listen, those who understand, I'll, I'll preach this till I'm blue in the face because it'll eventually come out. Mike and I are going to go through all the podcasts of the past, and we're going to show you all the stuff that they're saying today. Remember yeah. when everybody's like, the country's going to hell, blah, blah, blah. Jesus coming back. We're like, why are you guys push forward? The kids belong to us. We're, we're in a great time. This is where we need to start. This is all during a fight. Obama. Remember? Yeah. We've got all these old footage and old videos. Now they're saying it. Mm -hmm. We were, dude, we were saying for years, I just watched an interview with somebody. Oh, you know, President Trump failed and blah, blah, blah. We've been saying that too, but people hated it. It's fine. We're saying it now again. The, the, the words that are coming out now, if you truly were those who understood the times, you would understand the law and its justice system. You would understand the word of God, and you would understand the justice system. And people are pronouncing President Trump to be a king. I'm telling you, that is dangerous. And if the church does it, the world will do it too. As a matter of fact, I think the world is happy that the church is pronouncing the president as a king, that he's got all this arbitrary oh, yeah. authority, that he can do what he wants as soon as he gets in office. That's how we got into this mess in the first place. Yeah. And that way they can use the words of the church against him when it turns around and the wrong king and they is in have. position. And they have. Yeah. Your guy did it. Yeah. So we can do it now, too. Yeah, now it's our guy. Yeah. And that's that's why we hammer this conviction principle line so hard. And that's what I love about what's happened with McCarthy is finally somebody has paid the price for compromising and lying and doing backroom deals and all of that. And... I've got some information on what the speaker actually does, and we're going to get into that. First, we're going to do our second sponsor. So we've got Energy Ops. 
you've got to check out Energy Ops. If you're in the Charleston, South Carolina area, we're actually talking about, okay, Michael, can we get you down here? Um, we've got some stuff in the office we'd love you to take care of. That's how much we love this guy. We, we hey, love he's willing to do it. He's willing to do it. He even offered. He's like, hey, you know, if you guys ever need anything, I'll come down. Yes, we need you. Um, so give him a call. Energy Ops, 843-263-1724. You're going to say it again. 843-263-1724. I'm telling you, if you're in South Carolina, Charleston, <coughs> check them out. God-fearing, God-loving people, veteran-owned, small family-owned, Christian values, small business ethic, love to serve people, want to provide you value, residential, commercial, wiring up generators, you name it, they can do it. So please, by all means, check them out. Energy Ops, you can go to energyops.us, energyops.us energyops.us check them out okay so here we're, we're going to talk about the speaker position position because i think people don't know what a speaker does and we tend to think okay how much power should he have how much power does he not have what's his role i'm going to read to you article one section two of the u.s constitution and i quote the House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and other officers and shall have sole power of impeachment. That's it. That's all the Constitution says about the speaker position. The hard part about that is that leaves it real vague as to what the speaker actually does. You've seen over the course of history this position, the power grow and consolidate, and then they try to kind of delegate out some of the powers. And then the power grow and consolidate and then delegate out the powers. And so it seems like the speaker is really originally in a position of more of a parliamentarian and a peacemaker, kind of like the speaker of the House of Commons in Britain. They're basically just there to be the referee and to make sure everything goes the way it's supposed to go. In about 1811, you had a speaker, Henry Clay, who he was more dynamic. He was kind of charismatic, and, and he brought more attention to the position of the speaker of the House. And so now the speaker seems to be the National Party spokesman in the Institute of the House. And they have quite a bit of power these days that has been given to them by the House of Representatives. So they play as a key negotiator between the House and the President or the House and the Senate. Uh, they're the point person for the House's role in originating and passing legislation. We're going to get to that in a second. Don't forget... They're second in line behind the VP the president passes away. So if the president were to pass away, the VP passes away, guess who's president? Speaker of the House. They take care of the order and the institutional flow on the floor, you know, and, and they vote on things as they need as a representative. So what kind of power do they actually have? They give the agenda. They explain the legislative action. They oversee House committee assignments, right? So who's going to get on a committee? They oversee the, all of that selection process. They work with the House Rules Committee to plan debate. And they also manage the House's business on the floor, navigate the rules, plan House debates, help their own priorities. They also see accounting and procurement. So do you see how this position has grown? The issue that is the more power you consolidate in a single person, 
the more people covet that position. So the more people are going to clamor and lie and make deals in order to get to that position. So in 1970, committees had gained so much power over legislation that they reformed those which gave more power to the speaker. Then there were a series of speakers who concentrated power and built strength and support for what they wanted to do. Now, since about Newt Gingrich, the speaker position has been criticized as being too partisan and Powell and running over the minority party. Now, why is this? There's what they call the Hastert rule. This isn't an official rule, but this is a rule that a lot of speakers go by. Basically, what it is is only bills which the majority of the majority party supports will be brought to the floor. So if you're a minority and you want to bring a bill to the floor, well, the majority of the majority party better want that bill on the floor. Otherwise, it's not even getting brought for a vote. I don't necessarily mind that bills are not getting brought to the floor. What I don't like is that the power is in the hands of one individual along party lines of what bills get brought to the floor and what doesn't. I like the idea of, no, we're not talking about, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not going for that. No, we're not. I like that idea. I don't like it in the power of one person. And that's what it's become. So speaker becomes a very coveted position. You win the majority of the House, you get to pick the speaker, right? Because your people will majority vote for them. And with McCarthy, you saw there was enough dissension within the majority party that it was really difficult to get him as yeah. speaker. Cool. I like it. I like tension in Congress. I like gridlock. Everybody said, Congress can't do anything because there's gridlock. Good. Let it happen for the next 50 years. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Get rid of all this junk bill stuff. Because like Massey was saying, and Massey, I want you to comment on this. I might be able to. I, I get tired of the we have to do something. And people get in politics because they believe they have to be the person to solve the problem. Sure. So what it becomes is all of these people are in these positions thinking, I have to solve the problem. Otherwise, I won't get back in office. I've got to look like I'm doing something. I've got to be the one to solve the problem. Well, how does that happen? Money. So let's, let's vote in this bill. Let's get funding for this program or this project. Yeah. And then I'll be seen as solving the problem. I think, too... This was such a good ploy. If you think about, forgive me, my, my, my voice is kind of coming in and out here. Um, but this was such a good ploy, and I'll tell you how. Because government programs hold it over people's heads now. Yeah. If you don't pass this bill, we're not going to get paid. Now, they get furloughed, and then they get back pay and all that stuff. But they get that, like, I can't believe you guys are going to let this government shutdown happen. I'm not going to be able to work. And yeah. So it's almost like they set it up by design. Like, it's all dependent on that vote. Right, which then makes you question: why, why are we funding a lot of these things? Right, but it's like this is what they do: they they get into this panic mode, and Republicans are like, "I can't wait till we're in power." Why? So you can bow down and kiss butt more, right? Like, like I can't wait till we're in power, so we can do nothing and show you how we did and nothing. compromise again. Yeah. Kind of like when we had the House, the Senate, the presidency, and we we're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do nothing about abortion." Preach, bro. I, and we talked about We've, it when dude, it happened. When it times. happened, now's your chance. Nothing. Oh well, the people won't like it. You know, it, you got it. 
Democrats don't care. They shove as much as they can, and even if you don't like it, they don't care. Yep. How much complaining happened about Obamacare, yet they still shoved it through? How many people went, we don't want this, we don't want to go down this road, don't you do this, doesn't matter, shoved it through because this is what we want. Stop trying to bend to every whim, desire, and will because the people are finicky. They, they go with the waves. Stop doing it. It, it drives me nuts to see drives this happen. Us, yeah, both nuts. Right? I think we talk about this on a on a on a on a, pro, on, a progressively right. large scale. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, when we're trying to sit in the backyard and solve the world's problems. Here we are saying, look, who, who what are we called to do? Who are we, and what does that look like? And all we're called to do for now, till the Lord says otherwise. Okay, don't is to point out the errors, walk in truth, love in truth, and support those who want to walk in truth as well. And sometimes if they need a correction, well, then shoot, that's why we're there, you know? like Because we need correction too. We're not, we're not always right. Mm -hmm. But neither are they. So when they come against us saying, where's your law degree? Yo, they wrote that constitution for the average farmer back in the day. I'd say I'm pretty smart. I'm not saying I'm a farmer, but, you know, and I'm not saying farmers are dumb, but because they weren't. But if you just dig into that Constitution, it's not hard to read. It's and the really not. The spirit of it is fairly easy to grasp mm -hmm. if you actually care about grasping if you the want spirit of it. To yeah. get it, yeah. So when we're looking at this, we're saying, what is the Speaker of the House? What's its importance? He's the third in line to be president, you know, vice president, president go down, he or she. And you think to yourself, wow, that person is speaking for an entire body of people. Who do you want speaking for you? Yeah. Who do you want representing you up there? Dude, that band of 20, when they came out and said, we don't know if this is the guy, we don't think this is the guy, the crap they got, that they finally gave in. I was like, oh, no. What did he promise them for them to get his vote? <laughs> Does Literally goes and votes on this bill. Gates is like, he's done. I was like, <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's funny? How fast... It took for them to oust him. Yeah. Less than a year. Why aren't we doing that with homeboy from Kentucky? What's his name? Old fella. Oh, McConnell? Yeah. I That one's perplexed Why can't me we say, hey, everyone, years. McConnell, that dude Done. is the most jellyfish person I have seen in so long as a man. Mm -hmm. Get him out. Yeah. Right? Be done with it. Kentucky, vote him out. Get someone else in there to represent your values. Nah. These guys are establishment, bro. It's like they got their... Y'all got to watch Mr. Smith Goes to Washington campaign. He's like, he's good. Once the machine's behind you, you got it. Don't you worry about it, buddy. Don't you worry about it. And it's that thing where it's like, this is why I don't trust government at any turn. I don't care if they represent my values. I'm still, still skeptical of what they say because, dude, governments aren't for your good. They're meant to regulate. Mm -hmm. That's what they're supposed to do. They're not out for your good. They're out for your protection, which is your good, according to Romans 13. But they're not out to help you. That's not their job. They were meant to make sure your rights are protected and secure. That's it. Not to provide for you, do all these things for you, and make sure that you're okay and that your feelings are good. And we need to take guns off the streets because there's bad people. Right, because Bruh. there's none that exist in Washington. None. I mean, there's none in Washington that are bad. No. 
But Massey, where would it possibly say that governments were instituted among men to, you know... Derive protect- their just powers from the consent of the governed. Yeah, pr- protect our rights. Uh, where would it say... I think you're making it up. I well, think you are. You know, I am. I am. I made it up. It's in this fairy tale called the Declaration of Independence. That? Second paragraph. Look it up. What? <laughs> we hold these truths to be what? Hmm. Self-evident. Right. That all men are what? Created equal. By who? God. A creator. Who's that? God. And that they're endowed by that same creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are these are non-transferable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Liberty was guaranteed by God. And we live in bondage today. And we're pissing and moaning about a hundred billion here and two billion here. And all the while the people's liberty is being stolen. And your money's being taken. And inflation is skyrocketing. And we're worried about senile man up in the presidential suite that can't even finish a sentence. We're worried about what he's going to do and what he's not going to do. And we're worried about making memes and making fun of him. Instead of saying, Lord, destroy the plans of the wicked, Father. Destroy them. Lord, I pray you shine like a light in this country again. Father, I thank you that you put men and women up there that have a backbone to say no more government. We need to trust the American people with Christ. We need the gospel back again. Not from the hands of government, because they'll pervert the gospel. Mm -hmm. We need the preachers to stand up again. We just need to let them have a voice. Go out and preach the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? You don't even need a president to tell you that. The Holy Spirit, through the word of God, has already told you that. That's where you stand. That's where... This is where it's different. I don't need a government. I just need the government to get out of the way so I can do what I do. You realize, dude, years ago, it was like eight years ago, some woman got arrested for feeding the poor in West Palm Beach because she didn't have a permit. Yeah. For doing the Lord's will, she needs a permit to go out there and feed them. Are you stupid? What if she hurts them? You're supplying them needles, you morons. Right. For their arms. And she can't feed them food because you have a freaking bet, dude. Woe unto you that hold the keys of knowledge to the law and withhold it from the people. The Bible says in Isaiah 10, woe unto them that prescribe unrighteous decrees and unrighteousness for my people. Damn you, he says. Woe unto you. Woe it'll be to you. That's That's the word of the Lord. The keys of the law are put in your hands, trusted by the people, and you're perverting it. And you're standing before God saying you'll uphold it. Buddy, if he holds me to my standard... Through the Holy Spirit. Imagine every man's work shall be tried by fire, the Bible says. Boy, I don't want to be them. And how many of these politicians claim God, right? With Biden, Pelosi claiming to be Catholic, plenty of the Republicans, oh, I'm, I'm Christian, I'm Christian, Dude. love God. Ooh, that's, and, and we say that with a contrite, humble heart of, I do not want to be in that position when I'm standing before. I I'm already, good. I already have enough fear and trembling of when I'm going to have to stand before the Lord, and to imagine you've got that responsibility, those keys, and what you're doing to pervert it. Have fun for, for gain, for influence, for longevity, for for misguided delusions of good morals and helping people this is a scary scary thought and 
unfortunately, most of them have convinced themselves in their own mind that, oh, well, I'm doing good. I'm helping people. Well, I've got to steal from those people in order to give to these people. But that's okay because I know what's right. I know what's good. And, dude, (coughs) when you know the Scripture, when you understand Scripture and you understand the Word of God, you understand things, my only authority is the Bible. Conversely, in the law, my authority is the Constitution. It's the it's the foundational holding of our current law system. Are there amendments that have gone against the Constitution? Yeah, they need to be repealed. We never talk about it. Mm-hmm. We just accept it. We keep going on. You know why? Because they don't ever want you to focus on the fact that it's unconstitutional, some of these amendments, given the authority to the U.S. government, carte blanche. We do a whole Constitution course on this. If you guys haven't checked it out, go to the selfevidenttruth.com. You can pick one up uh, in, in one of our Constitution courses. It's a it's a 15 week course, but it walks you through literally through each amendment and uh, the philosophy of law, why we have it, just the fu- the faith of the founders, why that's a huge thing. So we go through all these things, and when you start to realize, holy, once you once you put a straight stick next to a crooked one, you really see the deviation of a crooked stick. When you really stand up to the law of God and the law of the land, what what this, you really start to see how crooked government has become. And sorry to say, crooked that we've allowed it to go this far, right? Now, we're doing something about it. A lot of us that are watching or whatever, we're doing something about it. But that's why we're so adamant and passionate about coming back to the same theme over and over. Can you tell them what you were talking about, the prophetic voice and like what we feel like we're walking into? Remember, you were talking Mm. about how we're literally walking into not just discipleship, but it feels like we're just a, a prophetic voice. Right. We're not a word now type of prophet. We're going back to the law, like... What does the word say? What does the law say? I don't care about your opinion. I don't care about word you were given. How does that look according to the scripture? And I think I've been telling Massey this, like, I think what we're doing in this season as self-evident is kind of backing into becoming a type of a prophetic ministry. And let me explain that. If you look at the Old Testament, especially, the prophets were there to point out this is where you're getting off. You need to get back on this way. This is where injustice, wickedness, perversion of law, all of that is happening. Woe unto you. Come back this way, says the Lord. Now, we're not the thus saith the Lord type of guys, but we're recognized. And one of the things especially that a, a prophet will do is say, tear down these idols. Do you see these idols that you've been worshiping and you're not even, do you see what you're doing by offending the Lord by worshiping these idols? And I think one of those things that we tend to go after all the time are idols that we don't tend to recognize. And we talk about Trump a lot because so often that's the idol that people are putting in. And I'm not against him. No. We're not against him. No. It, 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 I don't know how many times we have to say we're not against him. We don't like the idol worship that goes on. When you speak at a Republican meeting and somebody comes in with a life-size cutout of Trump and puts it in the corner like he's watching over the meeting, there's issue there. You found your idol. And he's laughing because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. No, he just stepped on every group. We ain't going to go back to none of these groups no more. I, and I've mentioned that to him before. He's like, man, I, I, I've, 
I know I've pissed off a couple of groups <laughs> by what I've said on the podcast, so I'm not sorry. You're not getting an apology out of me. We've got to tear down these idols, and I really feel like <coughs> self-evident in this next season. One of the things that God seems to be honing in is not just speaking about government, constitution, God's role in right. America's founding, not just transforming churches, because I think that's a new lane that God's really opening up of teaching churches how to transform and, and how to grow in the Holy Spirit and how to minister to themselves, how to, how to align properly under the Lord. But also, I think we're becoming a, a, for lack of a better term, prophetic voice, although I kind of itch against using that label, of pointing out the idols that we've set up in our lives. We've done it. All of us have done it. And one of the things that's going on personally for me, uh, for him, is that level of consecration where we're giving up those old mindsets and those old idols that we didn't even realize were there. We were blind to the fact that they were they were in our lives and they were taking up our faith and reliance. But now we're recognizing them and putting them away. Going, well, wait a second. Why did I ever put my faith in that? Why was I going that direction when I need to be going this direction with the Lord? And I think one of the things that the Lord's put on our hearts is to help people wake up to the fact you have a lot more idols built up in your heart than you realize. Anything that you put in the place of the Lord as something to rely on, something to put your faith in, something to, to put your energy towards, to, to take care of you, that's an idol. And we've done it with politicians. Well, we need the presidency. No, you don't. You need Jesus. That's right. Yeah, but, but the president, he's the one who makes the... Doesn't matter. God's in charge. God is sovereign. God is over... Who, who does all of government rest on the shoulders of? That's right. All things were created for him and by him. Jesus For Christ. the betterment of the church. Right? It's Christ. Christ is the one who has all authority. So when we start clamoring for what we need to get so-and-so in the, in the office, or we need to get them in this position, then we'll be okay. You have built an idol in your life. You know what's funny is, what if it's supposed to be that person that's the quiet one but sticks to their guns and tells the truth? What if it's that person? What if it's the person we're not even thinking of that's supposed to be the one, and yet we're looking at the loud one? Or we're looking at the one who makes the most noise. Right. The, the bull in the china shop. Right. It's so crazy. A lot of people say, God, the Holy Spirit speaks to you in a still, small voice. But we need the loud mouth to represent us. Oh, gosh. Ooh. Be careful. That's all I'm Ooh. saying. Ooh, I'm just saying, be good. careful. That's good. God can talk to us in a still, small voice. But we need a loud mouth to make sure that all of the stuff to get we need to get done. Come on, man. We're not against him. We're not against him. We are against idolatry. I ain't standing for it. I'm not. But I ain't going to vote no Democrats for darn sure. Right. They done lost their minds. But Republicans are not far behind. They're yesterday's Democrats. They're falling right in line with this. Nothing ever changes under Republican leadership anymore, except when someone has the guts to say no. No. And then they get shellacked for it. Sure. Now, again, did President Trump do some awesome? Yes. We've pointed all that stuff out. All we're saying is... I don't know if it's DeSantis. I don't know if it's Trump. I don't I don't think it's Vivek. You know what I saw yesterday? Hmm. Vivek Ramaswamy, y'all better be careful. He's plagiarizing Obama's speeches. Is he? Straight up. There you go. Word for word for word for word, dude. <laughs> plagiarizing Obama's speeches. Wow. I'm just a young man. 
that has a that has a dream. Obama said that crap in 08. Yeah. Dude, it, it, this dude just paired him up. I was like, oh, there it is. Yep. I knew it. He's got the same speechwriter. Same dude. You know what I mean? And it's that smile that he knows how to answer well, charismatic. It's like, look, dude, division. Just be careful who you're paying. I don't know who it is. It certainly ain't Nikki Haley. I don't see any leadership in that person. Yeah. Chris Christie can go <laughs> spend his time at a beach house because that that dude, your career's been done for a long time, son. I, I gotta I gotta mention where this. did he so, come from? Right. And Bruh. a while ago I had I had made the comment, uh, nobody is voting for Chris Christie. And somebody commented on it, I'm voting for Christie, spelled his name wrong. Yeah, you really like Chris what? Christie, don't you? Nobody cares about him. I'm telling you. We do not care. Beautiful. So here's the issue. The more you put those idols up in your life, the more you put those people on the pedestal, the more you care about who gets into office. Do you notice that? It's completely correlated because the more you rely on God and the more (coughs) you're seeking after the Lord for the big things, the more you recognize and realize he can do what he wants with anybody in office. Pharaoh can be in office, and God can still move two million of his people out of Egypt without a single one harmed. God can do it. It doesn't matter who's in office. God can move. So the second question is, okay, Lord, why are you allowing this? Yep. Why is this going on? Yeah, why is this going on behind closed doors, yo? Right? Why? What do you want us to learn from this, Lord? What do you want us to see? Notice that question doesn't have anything to do with, Lord, who, who do you want me to vote for to put in office? I'm not saying don't vote your conscience and conviction. Do it. Vote for the person that you feel best aligns with what God's telling you to vote for. But in the end scheme, you can have faith and reliance in the fact that God is sovereign over all of it. And he can do what he needs to do. It doesn't matter who's in office, who's doing what. He laughs at the plans of men. And that's when you get that, uh, Laurie says, so glad, right? Absolutely. So glad. Why? Because God's in charge. It takes the load off, man. It it makes it so much easier. You find your safety. You find your, your storehouse. You can rest in that. And that really puts in perspective your level of faith in who the Lord is if you're getting all torn up and bent out of shape out of every little event that happens in, in local politics, national politics, the world, right? And we talk a lot about faith versus fear. And I think that's the drum we have to hit a lot Truth. to help you realize, okay, am I responding to this in fear or am I going to respond in faith? How do I respond in faith? Right. Prayer, seeking the Lord, petitioning the Lord with thanksgiving. Lord, I'm so grateful for what you're doing, Lord, I'm praying for this, but I'm thankful that you're doing it. I'm thankful you're working. I'm thankful you're going to take care of me. I don't know how it looks. I don't know what it's going to entail, but I trust you. Yeah, and I think the more we trust him, the more we'll see the clearer picture. If Trump becomes the nominee, we're obviously going to support him, yep. you know, because we don't believe, unless I really feel that there's someone worth weight, their weight and salt in the Constitution Party or something like that. I don't see them getting traction, so if that's the guy, that's the guy. So we're not against him. What we're saying is 
Be careful your hope isn't in him. And only you know that. Be careful your hope isn't in the next speaker of the house. Let's get the right guy in there. But we shouldn't be shocked when they do their job. We shouldn't be like, yeah, they did that. No, that's their job. We should be like, great, great. Now get rid of government. How do we do that? What's the next piece of this? Don't put, an, don't put another bill forth until we reduce government. We ain't going to pass nothing. We ain't going to do none of that. When's that going to happen? Now that would turn my head. That'd be like, okay, sweet. Is it Jim Jordan? I don't know. Do you realize? He'd be cool. Saul was anointed by God with a flask of oil. Mm. So all the people clamored for a king, right? People said, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. Saul was actually chosen by God. <coughs> and what did Saul do? He put the people through all kinds of heartache and problems and issues and so you got to be very careful of like, oh, well, this leader brought to us by God. Be careful. You may just get what you're wishing for. That's right. Because if your faith is in the man, right? Bruh. No, we need God to install our man in the kingship position. Notice I say kingship because that's really what we clamor for. Even if God put him in the position, are you looking to God or are you looking to the man? That's good, dude, because he got put in there by the Lord. He did. And dude Flask failed. Flask of oil. And it was God's plans, and people, he, he, he took the idolatry side on. So I just want to say something. Amber Bowie just said, Vivek is a big pharma shill. He's a WEF young leader. Yes, you're right. He's, he's got his hands in big pharma, all these other things. He's just a smooth talker. And I think we're going to do a show, too, on all, what we see. Yeah, we need Like, to. Robert Kennedy, I, I think, would be a viable option. You know, like, but he's got his issues, too, dude. He's a Democrat still. He still likes yep. big government. He still wants climate change and all this other stuff. He wants to do just as much crazy stuff. He just is against vaccines and big government on those kind of things. Yeah, and the police state. The police state and all that stuff. So there's there's these issues, and what can we live with? What can we not live with? And it's really up to conscience. You really have to choose yourself, you know, what conscience will dictate. Um, I would hope, because I know Kennedy now has switched to independent. He's not running under the I, Democrats yeah, again I anymore. So. He's I believe he's independent. independent that now. actually may open a door. That that would actually be really cool. If he gets traction, that would open up the door to a third candidate. It really would. And he we haven't had that since the nineties. He could be yeah, that's true. Because it was what Ross Perot that, that ran independent, right? Big year, Ross Perot. Yeah. Oh, I'll man. pay hey. off the national debt. He and he almost did it, right? I think well, did Ron Paul run independent? Or he ran he ran libertarian, right? Anyways, he got nowhere, really. Yeah, but. which, oh, man. Uh, there, there's this big group of us that was like, Ron Paul, please. Can you, like, de-age about 30 years and then run? You know, Although he's, like, pretty much the same age as Biden. Why not? Put him in. He's, you know, more with it. Anyways, I would love to see a viable third-party candidate yep. totally upend the system. In after the primaries, and you got three real choices going on, because I think you would get a segment of Republicans who are so sick of all that junk who go, I'll throw in with Kennedy. I I believe him on the vaccine stuff. I believe him on the on the the police state stuff. I don't like his climate change, but whatever, right? And you would get a big portion of Democrats who are so sick of the Bidens and the Clintons and and all of that running the whole show. The good old boys running the Democrat party. Right. Which, isn't it so amazing for a party that rails against the good old boys club 
it is the about as pure good, old, good old boys club as about you can as get. good old boys as you can get. Right. You you've got Biden and Pelosi and Clinton and Obama and everybody else just falls in line on that. It is truly a good old boys club. Pretty funny. So, but we love you. Yeah, love you guys. And don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. Guys, go on every podcast platform you can and share this with your friends. The more we get out there, the more money we make. And that's what we're after, <laughs> folks, is money. There you go, Media Matters. Enjoy that clip. Run with that one. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, watching. We will be with you on Monday. Don't forget, next Friday, we're, we're rolling out new format. It's going to be for your benefit. You're going to get... More deep info. You're gonna get more. And often. it's gonna and it's gonna help it's our gonna help it's gonna help us. our it's gonna help our website because we want to have exclusive content for our supporters. Yep. So it's gonna help us put exclusive content out there for them, behind the scenes stuff, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I I almost want to go kind of with like a, a weekly blog of just our lives, like what we do, um, just to show you, like we're just regular dudes who said yes mm -hmm. to the Lord, our wives, our kids, and all this other stuff. We got man, so much fun. Uh, you guys should just see our new office. It's beautiful in here. I wish I could turn the camera on, but I'm not going to do that because, yeah, we're still touching up some things. So, but it's beautiful. We thank our uh, our other sponsor. You know, Micah. He's just been a big help to us uh, in this building and just supporting us for years uh, on our board too. He's just yep. a great guy. So thank you, Micah, and his wife, Micah. Funny thing, they're both named Micah. Yep. And their last names were actually Liggett, which is insane. They're not brother and sister, though. They ain't, they ain't like that. <laughs> they ain't doing the Old Testament thing, you know what I mean? But, but, but more's the pity. No, Bruh. just thank you. Yeah, thank you for supporting us all these years. Mostly, and then we talked about the $35,000 thing. If you guys want to do that, theselfevidenttruth.com. So into our ministry. Help us get that goal so we can continue to do what we do. We love you guys. Amen. We will see you Monday. All right. Love you guys.